anyone else who blatantly interfered with a criminal investigation like yours would be arrested and indicted on charges of obstruction of justice. Well said, Congressman. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. In Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. In Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950. KTNF. And yes, we stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. Come rain, come shine. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com, here with a special edition of the Bradcast today. In what turned out to be former FBI Director Robert Mueller's 90th, 90th session of testimony before the U.S. Congress, the Republican Former special counsel testified for about seven hours today uh, before both the U.S. House Judiciary Committee, where the focus was on the many instances of unlawful obstruction of justice by the president of the United States, as documented in the special counsel's uh, volume two of the special counsel's 448 page report. And Mueller also spoke for about another two hours in the House Intelligence Committee, where the focus was on volume one and the allegations there of Russian interference in the 2016 election, the Trump campaign's cooperation and or coordination and or encouragement of those efforts and what Robert Mueller warned to be continuing efforts, quote, as we sit here today by foreign entities, including Russia and others, to influence upcoming U.S. elections. As AP reports, as uh, Mueller's testimony wrapped up within just the last hour or so here today before we went on air, so pardon both Desi Doyen and myself if we're a bit uh, out of breath. Uh, Good day, (laughs) good morning, good evening. I don't even know what it is anymore, Desi Doyen. It was a lot today. It was a lot, uh, especially for those of us on the West Coast who had to wake up around 5 a.m. In any event, as AP reports, Robert Mueller on Wednesday bluntly dismissed 
President Donald Trump's claims of total exoneration in the federal probe of Russia's 2016 election interference, telling Congress he explicitly did not clear the president of obstructing his investigation. The former special counsel also rejected Trump's assertions that the probe was a, quote, witch hunt and a hoax. In hours of sometimes halting and stilted testimony, they note, uh, Mueller also condemned Trump's praise of WikiLeaks, which released Democratic emails the special counsel has identified as having been stolen by Russia. He declared Russian election interference one of the greatest challenges to democracy that he had encountered in his long career. Russia, he said, was, quote, doing it as we sit here. Mueller's reluctance at the televised Capitol Hill hearings to stray beyond his lengthy written report and his reliance, particularly in the first three-hour session before the Judiciary Committee on terse one-word answers, produced few, if any, new revelations beyond the report produced following his two-year investigation. But that did not stop Republicans and Democrats from uh, their own divergent paths to question Mueller. Trump's GOP allies tried to cast the former special counsel and his prosecutors as politically motivated. They referred repeatedly to what they consider the improper opening of the investigation, a topic which, as Mueller noted in his opening uh, remarks, he could not touch on due to the ongoing probe into that matter by Trump's Department of Justice. So I think the Republicans may have done themselves in in that case uh, because Trump, uh, because Mueller was unable to talk about it because, yes, it is now the subject of an ongoing investigation. Democrats, meanwhile, sought to emphasize the most incendiary findings of Mueller's 448 page report. He uh, frequently gave single word answers to questions, even when given opportunities to crystallize allegations of obstruction of justice against the president. He referred time and time again uh, instead to the wording in his actual report. As the New York Times notes, he declined repeatedly to offer his opinion of key questions or even to read directly from his own report. But Democrats did get him to confirm the most damaging elements of his findings as he was unflinching on the most critical matters. In the opening minutes of the hearing, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jerry Nadler, a New York Democrat, asked Mueller about Trump's claims of vindication in the investigation. Nadler asked, did you actually totally exonerate the president? Mueller replied, no. <clears throat> when uh, Congressman Adam Schiff the uh, Democratic chair of the House Intelligence Committee asked, your investigation is not a witch hunt, is it? Mueller flatly replied, it is not a witch hunt. The Times notes that Mueller declined repeatedly during the hearings to detail what went into his decision not to compel the president to sit for an in-person interview during his investigation, but he made it clear near the end of the very long day that he did not believe that Mr. Trump had been honest or transparent in his written responses. Asked by Schiff whether some of the president's answers had been incomplete and untruthful, Mueller responded generally. There is obviously a lot of commentary out there since the hearings wrapped up, as I say, within just the past hour or so, and we will have our own 
commentary, I suspect, in the days ahead, no doubt. Uh, Desi Doyen, I think uh, Heather Digby-Parton will be with us tomorrow. Is that correct? That's the idea. I will look forward to that. But I think uh, since these hearings were so long, about seven hours in the middle of the day, beginning uh, very inconveniently, by the way, for those of us on the West Coast, at uh, 8.30 a.m. in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Which you mentioned already. It's 5.30 out here. But uh, but that means that a lot of folks on the West Coast did not wake up at 5 a.m. to watch this hearing. So I think that the most important thing that we can do on this program today is to share extended excerpts from uh, from both of the hearings today for those of you who, you know, had to work or to sleep, etc., as all of this was playing out, uh, there will be many uh, brief sound clips out there, no doubt. But this may be the only chance we have to share extended clips uh, and to try to help give you a sense of both the hearings today and what happened in this long awaited testimony and what it may mean in the days ahead. We will start with uh, today and, and uh, focus mostly on the first session in the House Judiciary Committee chaired by uh, Jerry Nadler, focusing on the 10 or so instances of obstruction of justice laid out in some detail in Mueller's report, but largely unknown to the public who may not have found time to read the 448-page report either. Most of those instances had to do with Trump's attempts to, uh, in varying ways, to end the investigation into his 2016 campaign by firing FBI Director James Comey, attempting to remove special counsel Robert Mueller from his job or changing the focus of the probe away from the 2016 election to instead look towards future elections somehow, as Trump was trying to do. Uh, Trump's efforts to obstruct also included attempts to have his White House counsel Don McGahn lie about Trump's directives to him to have the special counsel removed and actually uh, to create a false paper trail record after the scheme was accurately reported by the media. The House Judiciary Committee, of course, would be where any official impeachment inquiry begins, as sought by about 100 members of the House so far, including reportedly Chairman Nadler, though he has yet to do so publicly, as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has so far objected to such proceedings by her caucus. So uh, will today's proceedings uh, change the speaker's calculation? That remains to be seen as the public absorbs today's testimony, which uh, we'll begin here with the first set of questions from Chairman Nadler to Robert Mueller, focused on clearing up some of the uh, misinformation, a lot of it, about the report that has been put out there by the president and his attorney general slash fixer, Bill Barr, who have repeatedly and falsely indicated that Mueller's two-year probe concluded by finding, as Trump likes to say, no collusion, no obstruction, which is not actually true. Mueller, however, did not bring or even consider criminal charges against the president due to the Department of Justice's Office of Legal Counsel, or OLC, opinion that a sitting president may not be indicted. That all came up in this opening round of questions from Chairman Nadler. Director Mueller, the president has repeatedly claimed that your report found there was no obstruction and that it completely and totally exonerated him. But that is not what your report said, is it? Correct. That is not what the report said. And now reading from page two of volume two of your report that's on the screen, you wrote, quote, If we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts 
that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, however, we are unable to reach that judgment, close quote. Now, does that say there was no obstruction? No. In fact, you were actually unable to conclude the president did not commit obstruction of justice. Is that correct? Well, we, uh, uh, at the outset, uh, determined that we, uh, when it came to the, uh, the, the president's culpability, uh, we needed to, uh, we, needed, we needed to go forward only after taking into account the OLC opinion that indicated that a president, a sitting president, cannot be uh, indicted. So the report did not conclude that he did not commit obstruction of justice. Is that correct? That is correct. And what about total exoneration? Did you actually totally exonerate the president? No. Now, in fact, your reports expressly states that it does not exonerate the president. It does. And your investigation actually found, quote, multiple acts by the president that were capable of exerting undue influence over law enforcement investigations, including the Russian interference and obstruction investigations. Is that correct? Correct. Now, Director Mueller, can you explain in plain terms what that finding means so the American people can understand it? Well, uh, the finding indicates that uh, the president uh, uh, was not, uh, uh, that the president was not exculpated uh, for the acts that uh, he allegedly committed. In fact, you were talking about incidents, quote, in which the president sought to use his official power outside of usual channels, unquote, to exert undue influence over your investigations. Is that right? That's correct. Now, am I correct that on page seven of volume two of your report, you wrote, quote, the president became aware that his own conduct was being investigated in an obstruction of justice inquiry. At that point, the president engaged in a second phase of conduct involving public attacks on the investigation non-public efforts to control it, and efforts in both public and private to encourage witnesses not to cooperate with the investigation, close quote. So President Trump's efforts to exert undue influence over your investigation intensified after the president became aware that he personally was being investigated? I stick with the language that you have in front of you. Which? Which okay. comes from page seven, volume two. Now, is it correct that if you concluded that the president committed the crime of obstruction, you could not publicly state that in your report or here today? Can you repeat the question, sir? Is it correct that if you had concluded that the president committed the crime of obstruction, you could not publicly state that in your report or here today? Well, I would say uh, you, uh, I could, uh, the statement would be the, the, that you would not indict and you would not indict because uh, under the OLC opinion, uh, a sitting president, <coughs> excuse me, cannot be indicted, be unconstitutional. Okay. So you could not state that because of the OLC opinion, if that would have been your conclusion? Well, the OLC opinion uh, uh, was some guide, yes. That was Chairman Jerry Nadler in the U.S. House Judiciary Committee today with Robert Mueller in the opening round of questioning. Uh, a bit later, Democratic Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas went into some of the litany of obstructive actions by the president and what would count as criminal obstruction of justice under the law that, though not prosecutable by Mueller, 
because of that OLC opinion, could certainly be impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors if taken up by the U.S. House. On page 12 of volume 2, you state, we determined that there were a sufficient factual and legal basis to further investigate potential obstruction of justice issues involving the president. Is that correct? And uh, do you have the citation, ma'am? Page 12, volume 2. And which portion of that page? That is, we determined that there was a sufficient factual and legal basis to further investigate potential obstruction of justice issues involving the president. Is that correct? Yes. Your report also describes at least 10 separate instances of possible obstruction of justice that were investigated by you and your team. Is that correct? Yes. In fact, the table of contents uh, serves as a very good guide uh, of some of the acts of that obstruction of justice that you investigated, and I put it up on the screen. On page 157 of volume 2, you describe those acts, and they range from the president's effort to curtail the special counsel's investigation, the president's further efforts to have the attorney general take over the investigation, the president's orders Don McGahn to deny that the president tried to fire the special counsel, and many others. Is that correct? Yes. I direct you now uh, to uh, what you wrote, Director Mueller. The president's pattern of conduct as a whole sheds light on the nature of the president's acts and the inferences that can be drawn about his intent. Does that mean you have to investigate all of his conduct to ascertain true motive? No. And when you talk about the president's pattern of conduct that include the 10 possible acts of obstruction that you investigated, is that correct? When you talk about the president's pattern of conduct that would include the 10 possible acts of obstruction that you investigated, correct? I, I direct you to the uh, report for how that is characterized. Thank you. Let me go to the screen again. And for each of those 10 potential instances of obstruction of justice, you analyze three elements of the crime of obstruction of justice. An obstructive act, a nexus between the act and an official proceeding, and corrupt intent. Is that correct? Yes. You wrote on page 178, volume 2, in your report about corrupt intent. Actions by the president to end a criminal investigation into his own conduct to protect against personal embarrassment or legal liability would constitute a core example of corruptly motivated conduct. Is that correct? Yes. To the screen again, even with the evidence you did find, is it true, as you note on page 76 of volume 2, that the evidence does indicate that a thorough FBI investigation would uncover facts about the campaign and the president personally that the president could have understood to be crimes or that would give rise to legal, personal, and political concerns. I, re I rely on the language of the report. Is that relevant to potential obstruction of justice? Is that relevant to potential obstruction of justice? Yes. Yes, that was uh, Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas with Robert Mueller. Georgia Democrat uh, Hank Johnson drilled down into some of the specifics of Donald Trump's efforts to order his White House counsel, Don McGahn, to have Mueller removed as special counsel, even if it meant removing the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, to do it, uh, who would be needed to uh, to fire him. But Sessions had been recused from the matter due to his own involvement with the Trump 2016 campaign. So, 
Donald Trump had to push Don McGahn to force deputy uh, to push McGahn to force Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein to remove Mueller. Director Mueller, DOJ ethics officials confirmed that you had no conflicts that would prevent you from serving as special counsel. Isn't that correct? That's correct. But despite Don McGahn and the Department of Justice guidance, around May 23rd, 2017, the president, quote, prodded McGahn to complain to Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein about these supposed conflicts of interest, correct? Correct. And McGahn declined to call Rosenstein, or Rosenstein, I'm sorry, telling the president that it would look like still trying to meddle in the investigation and knocking out Mueller would be another fact used to claim obstruction of justice. Isn't that correct? Generally so, yes. And in other words, uh, Director Mueller, the White House counsel told the president that if he tried to remove you, that that could be another basis to allege that the president was obstructing justice, correct? Uh, uh, that is generally correct, yes. It's true that on Tuesday, June 13th, 2017, the president dictated a press statement stating he had, quote, no intention of firing you, correct? Correct. But the following day, June 14th, the media reported for the first time that you were investigating the president for obstructing of justice, correct? Correct. And then, after learning for the first time that he was under investigation, the very next day, the president, quote, issued a series of tweets acknowledging the existence of the obstruction investigation and criticizing it. Isn't that correct? Generally so. And then, on Saturday, June 17th, two days later, the president called Don McGahn at home from Camp David on a Saturday to talk about you. Isn't that correct? Correct. You wrote in your report that on, uh, at page 85, volume 2, that on Saturday, June 17, 2017, the president called McGahn at home to have the special counsel removed. On the first call, McGahn recalled that the president said something like, quote, you got to do this, you got to call Rod, correct? Correct. And your investigation and report found that Don McGahn was perturbed, uh, to use your words, by the president's request to call Rod Rosenstein to fire him. Isn't that correct? Well, there, there was a continuous uh, uh, colloquy. I, I would, no, there was a continuous involvement of uh, Don McGahn uh, and he, in uh, responding to the uh, president's entreaties. And he did not want to uh, put himself in the middle of that. He did not want to have a role in asking the attorney general to fire the special counsel, correct? Well, I would again uh, refer you to the uh, report and the way it is characterized in the report. Thank you. At volume uh, two, page 85, it states that he didn't want to have the attorney general, he didn't want to have a role in trying to fire the attorney general. So at this point, uh, I will yield back. That was Hank Johnson today in the U.S. House Judiciary Committee with Bob Mueller. Eventually, the New York Times learned about uh, and reported on Donald Trump's attempts to have his White House counsel, Don McGahn, remove the special counsel, at which time, in another instance of obstruction, 
Trump tried to have McGahn lie to the public about it. When McGahn refused to do that, Trump tried to have McGahn create a false written record instead to create false documents that said Trump did not ask him to have the special counsel fired when, in fact, he had, as described in this questioning uh, from uh, California Congresswoman Karen Bass. On January 25th, 2018, The New York Times reported that, quote, the president had ordered McGahn to have the Department of Justice fire you. Is that correct? Correct. And that story related to the events you already testified about here today. The president's calls to McCann to have you removed, correct? Correct. After the news broke, did the president go on TV and deny the story? Do not know. In fact, the president said, quote, fake news, folks, fake news, a typical New York Times fake story, end quote, correct? Correct. But your investigation actually found substantial evidence that McCann was ordered by the president to fire you, correct? Yes. Did the president's personal lawyer do something the following day in response to that news report? I'd refer you to the coverage of this in the report. On page 114, uh, quote, on January 26, 2018, the president's personal counsel called McGahn's attorney and said that the president wanted McGahn to put out a statement denying that he had been asked to fire the special counsel, end quote. Did McCann do what the president asked? I refer you to the report. Communicating through his personal attorney, McCann refused because he said, quote, that the Times story was accurate in reporting that the president wanted the special counsel removed. Isn't that right? I, I believe it is, but I refer you again to the report. Okay, so Mr. McCann, through his personal attorney, told the president that he is, was not going to lie. Is that right? True. Did the president drop the issue? Uh, I refer to the write-up of this in the report. Okay, next, the president told the White House staff secretary, Rob Porter, to try to pressure McCann to make a false denial. Is that correct? That's correct. What did he actually direct Porter to do? And, and I send you back to the report. Okay, well, on page 113, it says, quote, the president then directed Porter to tell McCann to create a record to make it clear that the president never directed McCann to fire you, end quote. Is that correct? That is, as it state, stated in the report. And to be clear, the president is asking his White House counsel, Don McCann, to create a record that McCann believed to be untrue while you were in the midst of investigating the president for obstruction of justice, correct? Uh, generally correct. Generally correct. That was California Congresswoman Karen Bass. Now, this line of questioning, of course, was coming from Democrats. Republicans, meanwhile, were spinning some complicated uh, tales, some conspiracy uh, theories about what they describe as the corrupt beginnings of the investigation. Months before Mueller was brought on board, and in any case, all of that is now a matter of a new investigation set in motion by Trump's new Attorney General, Bill Barr. Therefore, as an ongoing investigation... Mueller declined to comment on any of that. But to some uh, questioning from one Republican, at least, in the Judiciary Committee hearing uh, that was enlightening and probably helpful to the case being made by the Democrats, Colorado Republican Ken Buck asked Mueller once again why he didn't charge the president with obstruction if the evidence was so good. 
prompting Mueller to cite once again the DOJ's Office of Legal Counsel's opinion, which, by the way, is completely wrong and not supported by the Constitution. And yet that is what the uh, what Mueller was operating on, that OLC opinion. Uh, finding that a sitting president cannot be charged. But then Buck took a step a bit further than may have been helpful to Republicans here. Was there sufficient evidence to convict President Trump or anyone else with obstruction of justice? We did not make that calculation. How could you not have made the calculation because with the regulation? OLC opinion, the OLC opinion, Office of Legal Counsel, indicates that we cannot indict a sitting president. So one of the tools that a prosecutor would use is not there. Okay, but but let me just stop. You made the decision on the Russian interference. You, you you couldn't have indicted the president on that, and you made the decision on that. But when it came to obstruction, you threw a bunch of stuff up against the wall to see what would stick, well, and that I, is fundamentally I would not unfair. To, I would not agree to that uh, characterization uh, at all. What we did is provide to the attorney general in the form of a confidential memorandum our understanding of the case. Uh, those cases that were brought, those cases were declined. And uh, the, uh, that one case where uh, the president cannot be charged with a crime. Okay, but the, uh, could you charge the president with a crime after he left office? Yes. You believe that he committed, you could charge the president of the United States with obstruction of justice after he left office? Yes. Uh, ethically, under the ethical standards? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not certain because I haven't looked at the ethical standards, but the OLC opinion, opinion says that the prosecutor, while he cannot bring a charge against a sitting president, nonetheless, he can continue the investigation to see if there are any other uh, persons who might be drawn into the conspiracy. With Congressman Republican, Congressman Ken Buck of Colorado with Robert Mueller, Rhode Island Democrat David Cicilline returned to the continuing efforts by Trump to obstruct, uh, to obstruct Robert Mueller's official investigation by, in this case, seeking help from Trump's former campaign chair, Corey Lewandowski, since the president was having considerable trouble getting his own White House staff to do his dirty work for him, apparently. In this case, Trump was uh, telling Lewandowski, who, mind you, did not even work at the White House, to go tell then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions that he should change the scope of the investigation entirely to only look at future elections instead of the 2016 election, not at uh, and not at Trump's uh, the Trump campaign's behavior during that campaign. My colleagues have walked through how the president tried to have you fired through the White House counsel, and because Mr. McGahn refused the order, the president asked others to help limit your investigation. Is that correct? Correct. So right after his White House counsel, Mr. McGahn, refused to follow the president's order to fire you, the president came up with a new plan, and that was to go around all of his senior advisors and government aides to have a private citizen try to limit your investigation. What did the president tell Mr. Lewandowski to do? Do you recall he told him he dictated a message to Mr. Lewandowski for Attorney General Sessions and asked him to write it down? Is that correct? True. And do you, did you and your team see this handwritten message? Uh, I'm not going to get into what we may or may not have uh, included in our investigation. Okay, the message directed Sessions to give, and, and I'm quoting from your report, to give a public speech 
saying that he planned to meet with the special prosecutor to explain this is very unfair and let the special prosecutor move forward with investigating election meddling for future elections. That's at page 91. Is that correct? Yes, I see that. Thank you. Yes, it is. In other words, Mr. Lewandowski, a private citizen, was instructed by the president of the United States to deliver a message from the president to the attorney general that directed him to limit your investigation, correct? Correct. And at this time, Mr. Sessions was still recused from oversight of your investigation, correct? I'm sorry, could you restate The attorney that? general was recused from oversight. Yes. Yes. So the attorney general would have had to violate his own department's rules in order to comply with the president's order, correct? Well, I'm not going to get into uh, the subsidiary details. Okay. I just refer you again to page 91, 92 of the report. And if the attorney general had followed through with the president's request, Mr. Mueller, it would have effectively ended your investigation into the president and his campaign, as you note on page 97, correct? Could you... You, at page 97, you write, and I quote, taken together, the president's directives indicate that Sessions was being instructed to tell the special counsel to end the existing investigation into the president and his campaign with the special counsel being permitted to move forward with investigating election meddling for future elections. Is that correct? Generally true. Yes, sir. And it's a, an unsuccessful attempt to obstruct justice is still a crime. Is that correct? That is correct. And Mr. Lewandowski uh, tried to meet with the attorney general. Is that right? True. And he tried to meet with them in his office so he would be sure, certain there wasn't a public log of the visit. According to what we uh, gathered for the report. And the meeting never happened, and the president raised the issue again with Mr. Lewandowski, and this time he said, and I quote, if Sessions does not meet with you, Lewandowski should tell Sessions he was fired. Correct? Correct. So immediately following the meeting with the president, Lewandowski then asked Mr. Dearborn to deliver the message, who's the uh, former uh, chief of staff to Mr. Sessions. And Mr. Dearborn refuses to deliver it because he doesn't feel comfortable. Isn't that correct? Generally correct, yes. So just so we're clear, Mr. Mueller, two days after the White House counsel, Don McGahn, refused to carry out the president's order to fire you, the president directed a private citizen to tell the attorney general of the United States, who was recused at the time, to limit your investigation to future elections, effectively ending your investigation into the 2016 Trump campaign. Is that correct? Well, I'm not going to adopt your characterization. I'll say well, that the facts well, as laid out in the report are accurate. Well, Mr. Miller, in your report, you in fact write at page 99, 97, Substantial evidence indicates that the president's effort to have Sessions limit the scope of the special counsel's investigation to future elections interference was intended to prevent further investigative scrutiny of the president and his campaign conduct. Is that correct? Generally. And so, Mr. Mueller, you have seen the letter where a thousand former Republican and Democratic federal prosecutors have read your report and said, Anyone but the president who committed those acts would be charged with obstruction of justice. Do you agree with those former colleagues, a thousand prosecutors who came to that conclusion? Those. So uh, time ran out there before we were able to get an answer there to uh, the question from Democratic Congressman David Cicilline. Though Mueller probably would not have offered his opinion at that time anyway to yeah, that question. Seems unlikely. We uh, need to take a quick break here. We will come back with uh, our special coverage. Extended excerpts from Robert Mueller's testimony today in the U.S. House before both the House Intelligence, the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee. A few more from House Judiciary after we come back, including one comment from Mueller that appeared to be pretty explosive, at least for a while, 
at least until he decided to walk it back a little bit later. That's straight ahead and testimony from the Intelligence Committee. That's ahead as well. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your special edition of the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate and thanks. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Special coverage of the long-awaited Robert Mueller hearing today in the U.S. House. Extended excerpts from those uh, seven or so hours of hearings, which began in the House Judiciary Committee for about three or four hours. Uh, we've been uh, playing some of the uh, the details of the attempted, the many attempts at obstructing justice by Donald Trump, as detailed in Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report. And then uh, California Democrat Ted Lieu delved into what, uh, among all of this evidence that had been presented up till then, would make these matters actual criminal acts. And there is a specific test for obstructive acts, such as was there a corrupt intent by the obstructor? Did the obstruction have a, a nexus to uh, was it a part of uh, blocking an official act, such as in this case, an official investigation by the special counsel's office? This exchange also led to one of the most explosive moments of the first session. Uh, in the Judiciary Committee, though one that Mueller later found necessary to walk back a bit in the uh, later session before the House Intelligence Committee. First, here's that exchange between Congressman Liu and former Special Counsel Robert Mueller. I'd like to now turn to the elements of obstruction of justice as applied to the president's attempts to curtail your investigation. The first element of obstruction of justice requires an obstructive act, correct? Correct. I'd like to direct you to page 97 of volume two of your report. And you wrote there on page 97, quote, Sessions was being instructed to tell the special counsel to end the existing investigation into the president and his campaign, unquote. That's in the report, correct? Correct. That would be evidence of an obstructive act because it would naturally obstruct their investigation, correct? Uh, Correct. Let's turn now to the second element of the crime of obstruction of justice, which requires a nexus to an official proceeding. Again, I'm going to direct you to page 97, the same page of volume two. And you wrote, quote, by the time of the president's initial one-on-one meeting with Lewandowski on June 19, 2017, the existence of a grand jury investigation supervised by the special counsel was public knowledge. That's in the report, correct? Correct. That would constitute evidence of a nexus to an official proceeding because a grand jury investigation is an official proceeding, correct? Well, yes. Okay. I'd like to now turn to the final element of the crime of obstruction of justice. On that same page, page 97, do you see where there's the intent section on that page? I do see that. Would you be willing to read the first sentence? And that was starting with? Substantial evidence. Indicates that the president's? 
If you could read that first sentence, would you be willing to do that? I'm happy to have you read it. Okay, I will read it then. You wrote, quote, substantial evidence indicates that the president's effort to have Sessions limit the scope of the special counsel's investigation to future election interference was intended to prevent further investigative scrutiny of the president's and his campaign's conduct, unquote. That's in the report, correct? That is in the report, and I rely what's in the report uh, to uh, uh, indicate uh, uh, what's happened in the, the paragraphs that we've been discussing. Thank you. So to recap what we've heard, uh, we have heard today that the president ordered former White House counsel Don McGahn to fire you. The president ordered Don McGahn to then cover that up and create a false paper trail. And now we've heard the president ordered Corey Lewandowski to tell Jeff Sessions to limit your investigation so that he, you, stop investigating the president. I believe a reasonable person looking at these facts uh, could conclude that all three elements of the crime of obstruction justice have been met. And I'd like to ask you, the reason, again, that you did not indict Donald Trump is because of OLC opinion stating that you cannot indict a sitting president, correct? Uh, that is correct. The fact that their orders by the president were not carried out, that is not a defense to obstruction of justice because the statute itself is quite broad. It says that as long as you endeavor or attempt to obstruct justice, that would also constitute a crime. I'm not going to get into that at this juncture. Okay, thank you. And uh, based on uh, the evidence that we have heard today, I believe a reasonable person could conclude that at least three crimes of obstruction of justice by the president occurred. We're going to hear about two additional crimes that would be the witness tamperings of Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort. All that, I yield uh, back. The only thing I want to add is that I'm going through the elements with you do not mean or does not mean that I subscribe to uh, the uh, what you're trying to prove through those elements. Now, that response from Mueller that he would have charged Trump but for the OLC opinion obviously got a lot of attention after uh, Lou's colloquy with him. It seemed to be Mueller saying that he would have, in fact, charged Donald Trump but for the OLC opinion saying sitting presidents cannot be indicted. That is very different from his uh, from Mueller's claims and, and the report's assertion that they were unable to exonerate the president on obstruction of justice, but would have said so if they could have. That's different from saying that he would have charged him if he could have. Mueller, uh, during his opening statement in the day's second session, the one before the Intelligence Committee, tried to correct what he described as a misstatement during his response to Congressman Liu. Now, before we go to questions... I want to add one correction to my testimony this morning. I want to go back to one thing that was said this morning by Mr. Liu, who said, and I quote, you didn't charge the president because of the OLC opinion. That is not the correct way to say it. As we say in the report, and as I said at the opening, we did not reach a determination as to whether the president committed a crime. So uh, Special Counsel Mueller walked, former Special Counsel Mueller walked back uh, the, the comment a bit there to clarify that, uh, in fact, the Special Counsel did not make that determination that they would have charged the president but for the OLC opinion. But in his uh, conversation with Lou, he did seem to make clear, at least as I heard it, uh, Desi Doyen, that each of those obstructive instances detailed in the report would, in fact, 
had anybody else other than the president of the United States carry them out been indictable charges uh, because they met the standards for criminal obstruction of justice. Yeah, that's what I had uh, understood and heard him to say as well, that it was, you know, he said it in all those ways mm-hmm. except for the actual saying it straight out. You right, know? Exactly. And that was definitely the theme throughout the Judiciary Committee, is that nobody is above the law and look at all of this evidence that there was obstruction of justice. Okay, one more here before we come back with some of the proceedings uh, in the Intelligence Committee, Congresswoman Debbie Mercosel Powell, I think that's how you say her name, a Democrat from Florida, brought up the point that Republicans have been citing in, uh, in in one of their many defenses of the president, namely that because his aides, uh, like White House Counsel Don McGahn and his former campaign uh, uh, chairman uh, Corey Lewandowski, because they refused to take actions to fire Mueller or force him to change the scope of his investigation, that therefore it could not be obstruction. In other words, it wasn't successful, therefore it's not criminal, since the act uh, to obstruct never actually took place, I guess is what they seem to say. You can't claim that Trump tried to obstruct justice, or that even if he did do so, it's not criminal because what he was trying to do, trying to make happen, never actually happened. Robert Mueller seemed to disagree with that argument in his conversation with the Florida Congresswoman. You wrote that, quote, the president's efforts to influence the investigation were mostly unsuccessful, but that is largely because the persons who surrounded the president declined to carry out orders or accede to his requests. Is that right? That is accurate, and that is what we found. And you're basically referring to senior advisors who disobeyed the president's orders like White House uh, counsel Don McGahn, former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski. Is that right? Well, we have not specified uh, the person's mentioned. Well, in, in page 158, White House counsel Don McGahn, quote, did not tell the acting attorney general that the special counsel must be removed, but was instead prepared to resign over the president's orders. You also explained that an attempt to obstruct justice does not have to succeed to be a crime, right? True. Simply attempting to obstruct justice can be a crime, correct? Yes. So even though the president's aides refused to carry out his orders to interfere with your investigation, that is not a defense to obstruction of justice by this president, is it? I'm not going to speculate. So to reiterate, simply trying to obstruct justice can be a crime, correct? Yes. Acts. So in other words, when the American people are deciding whether the president committed obstruction of justice, they need to look at all of the president's conduct and overall pattern of behavior. Is that correct? I don't disagree. Thank you. What is clear is that anyone else, including some members of Congress, would have been charged with crimes for these acts. We would not have allowed this behavior from any of the previous 44 presidents. We should not allow it now or for the future to protect our democracy. And yes, we will continue to investigate because as you clearly state at the end of your report, no one is above the law. Well, we will see about that. Uh, We'll take a quick break here from our special coverage here on the broadcast of Robert Mueller's testimony before the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee. We will get to some of that intel uh, committee uh, testimony right after this last break. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the broadcast. (laughs) 
What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter, and we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Your report also tells a story about lies, lots of lies, lies about a gleaming tower in Moscow and lies about talks with the Kremlin, lies about the firing of FBI Director James Comey and lies about efforts to fire you, Director Mueller, and lies to cover it up, lies about secret negotiations with the Russians over sanctions and lies about WikiLeaks, lies about polling data and lies about hush money payments, lies about meetings in the Seychelles to set up secret back channels and lies about a secret meeting in New York Trump Tower. Lies to the FBI, lies to your staff, and lies to this committee. Lies to obstruct an investigation into the most serious attack on our democracy by a foreign power in our history. That is where your report ends, Director Mueller, with a scheme to cover up, obstruct, and deceive every bit as systematic and pervasive as the Russian disinformation campaign itself, but far more pernicious since this rot came from within. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast special coverage of Robert Mueller's testimony before the U.S. Congress, U.S. House of Representatives today. That was California Congressman, my congressman here in Los Angeles, Adam Schiff, during uh, today, during his Opening remarks at the U.S. House Intelligence Committee hearings with former special counsel Robert Mueller. Mueller's two hours before that committee followed on his three and a half or more with the larger Judiciary Committee, which would uh, be the one to consider impeachment hearings against the president of the United States if Nancy Pelosi essentially allows her Democratic caucus to begin an impeachment proceeding, an inquiry to consider whether or not to vote on articles of impeachment against Donald J. Trump, which, if a majority of the House agrees, would then move to a trial in the Republican-majority U.S. Senate, where two-thirds of the senators there would have to vote affirmatively to remove Donald Trump from office That is, uh, appropriately, a very high bar in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Higher still, I suspect, with Republicans in the majority there. But the House could nonetheless consider articles of impeachment and adopt them with a simple majority vote to say that no criminal behavior by the President of the United States is not acceptable. In that second session uh, with Mueller today, the focus was on volume one of the special counsel's 448-page report. That volume focused on Russian influence in the 2016 election and the Trump campaign's coordination or cooperation or conspiracy, whatever you like to call it, with that effort and with the emails stolen and released by WikiLeaks, etc., with Mueller's uh, avoiding the collusion word throughout, since he says it's not really a legal term. We're playing extended excerpts from Mueller's long-awaited hearings in the U.S. House on Wednesday, during which he kept his promise to stay within the four corners of his report, offering few additional details or thoughts beyond the written text. 
though he did once again underscore his grave concern that Russia and other countries are, quote, as we sit here, plotting to interfere in future U.S. elections. Since there was much more classified and or unknown information about the Russia side of all of this and the Trump campaign's cooperation with it, and, of course, controversy about it, even among some on the left, we've been focusing on the obstruction crimes, because no matter what you think about Russia and what they did or didn't do and how Trump did or didn't encourage them to interfere in the election, the repeated criminal obstruction of justice is very clear in Mueller's report. And that alone is more than enough to remove a sitting president from office, at least if the president in question had been a Democrat. But let's share a bit of today's second hearing with Mueller, this one in the U.S. House Intel Committee, with the questioning kicked off by Intel Committee Chair Adam Schiff. Dr. Mueller, your report describes a sweeping and systematic effort by Russia to influence our presidential election. Is that correct? That is correct. And during the course of this Russian interference in the election, the Russians made outreach to the Trump campaign, did they not? Uh, That occurred over the course of, yeah, that occurred. It's also clear from your report that during that Russian outreach to the Trump campaign, no one associated with the Trump campaign ever called the FBI to report it. Am I right? I don't know that for sure. In fact, the campaign welcomed the Russian help, did they not? I think we have. We report in our uh, in the report uh, indications that that occurred. Yes. The president's son said when he was approached about dirt on Hillary Clinton that the Trump campaign would love it. Uh, that is generally what was said. Yes. The president himself called on the Russians to hack Hillary's emails. Uh, There was a statement by the president in those general lines. And numerous times during the campaign, the president praised the releases of the Russian hacked emails through WikiLeaks. That that did occur. Your report found that the Trump campaign planned, quote, a press strategy, communications campaign, and messaging, unquote, based on that Russian assistance. I am not familiar with that. That language comes from volume one, page 54. Apart from the Russians wanting to help Trump win, several individuals associated with the Trump campaign were also trying to make money during the campaign and transition. Is that correct? That is true. Paul Manafort was trying to make money or achieve debt forgiveness from a Russian oligarch? Generally, that is accurate. Michael Flynn was trying to make money from Turkey? True. Donald Trump was trying to make millions from a real estate deal in Moscow? the extent you're talking about the, uh, the uh, hotel in uh, Moscow? Yes. Yes. When your investigation looked into these matters, numerous Trump associates lied to your team, the grand jury, and to Congress? number uh, of persons that we interviewed in uh, our investigation, it turns out, did lie. Mike Flynn lied? Uh, he was convicted of lying, yes. George Papadopoulos was convicted of lying? True. Paul Manafort was convicted of lying? True. Paul Manafort was... In fact, went so far as to encourage other people to lie? That is accurate. Manafort's deputy, Rick Gates, lied? That is accurate. Michael Cohen, the president's lawyer, was indicted for lying? True. He lied to stay on message with the president? Allegedly by him. And when Donald Trump called your investigation a witch hunt, that was also false, was it not? I'd like to think so, yes. Well, your investigation is not a witch hunt, is it? It is not a witch hunt. When the president said the Russian interference was a hoax, that was false, wasn't it? True. 
when he said it publicly it was false? Uh, he, he did uh, say publicly that it was false, yes. And when he told it to Putin, that was false too, wasn't it? That I'm not familiar with. When the president said he had no business dealings with Russia, that was false, wasn't it? I'm not going to go into the details of uh, the report that, uh, uh, along those lines. But when the, pressure, when the president said he had no business dealings with Russia, in fact, he was seeking to build a Trump Tower in Moscow, was he not? I think there, there is some question about when this was uh, accomplished. Well, you would consider a billion-dollar deal to build a tower in Moscow to be business dealings, wouldn't you, Director Mueller? Yeah, absolutely. In short, your investigation found evidence that Russia wanted to help Trump win the election, right? I think generally uh, that would be accurate. Russia informed campaign officials of that? I'm not certain to what uh, conversation you're referring to. Well, through an intermediary, they informed Papadopoulos that they could help with the anonymous release of stolen emails? Accurate. Russia committed federal crimes in order to help Donald Trump? Uh, when you're talking about the computer crimes uh, in the charge yes. in our case, absolutely. The Trump campaign officials built their strategy, their messaging strategy around those stolen documents? Uh, I'm, I, generally, that's true. And then they lied to cover it up? Generally, that's true. That was Congressman Adam Schiff with uh, Robert Mueller there in the U.S. House on Wednesday. Uh, in the U.S. House Intelligence Committee. As the uh, Intel Committee hearing drew to a close, Mueller became increasingly stark in his warnings about Russia's attacks on the 2016 presidential election and how future efforts uh, could royal American politics. He said, I hope this is uh, not the new normal. He said, but I fear it is. Mueller has made little secret of his belief that the public has not fully grasped the elaborate and targeted nature of Russia's attacks on the 2016 election detailed in his report and that the government has not taken sufficient steps to address it or prevent such an assault from occurring again. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, Congresswoman Jackie Speer, the Democrat of California, uh, invited him to tell the American people that most the, the most important aspect of his findings. And Mueller said, we spent substantial time ensuring the integrity of the report, understanding that it would be a living message to those who came after us. He said, it is a signal, a flag to those of us who have responsibility to exercise that responsibility, not to let that kind of thing happen again. And even Republican Congressman Will Hurd, Republican of Texas, wondered aloud whether Russia might be planning another set of attacks. He received an ominous response from Mr. Mueller. Oh, it wasn't a single attempt. Uh, they're doing it as we sit here. And they expect to do it uh, 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 during the, the next campaign. Well, that'll be fun to look forward to. Uh, we got to get out running late. Uh, Desi Doyen, thank you very much, by the way, for I know it was a long day for you. Really appreciate your good work on uh, pulling all of these clips and everything else today. Of course, we'll have more on this tomorrow. No doubt. And my thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's special coverage, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can also drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog, and my thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com/donate 
to make our work possible five days a week. All right, that is it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Oh,